0: Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. And today my guest is Thea Tupelo, who's an Alexander Technique teacher in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, Thea works with uh, all kinds of people, musicians, actors, equestrians, gardeners, office workers, and people suffering from pain. But her specialty is, uh, I would say, encouraging people to um, stand, instead of sitting at work, standing at work, because of the the health benefits associated with that. Um, so, uh, Thea, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you, Robert.
0: Um, could you begin, Thea, by, by giving our listeners a very short description of the Alexander technique, first of all?
1: Yes. Um so, in practicing the Alexander technique, we learn the ability to sustain a continuity of awareness of the fullest potential of our upright design and that 's my my short and skinny encapsulation
0: right and and the idea being that many of us um, have compromised that integrity as we 've oh. gone through life
1: absolutely for one, re-
0: for one reason or another, typically unconsciously, and that we we stand, sit, and move in ways that aren't as efficient as as they they could be, would that exactly. be a fair a fair summary of it from your point of view
1: absolutely, or that we that we abdicate the opportunity to be upright in situations where it might be more advantageous for us uh, at work, for example
0: right, right, and we're going to get to that in some detail um. I know that there has been a British medical journal publication this year, which is 2012, um, on this topic of really the dangers of excessive sitting, I guess we could say. Do you want to quickly summarize that study?
1: Yes. Well, it was just published this June and received quite a lot of press, was all over the papers and the Internet, and what they showed was the effect of sitting for more than three hours per day, which is quite a conservative estimate considering that we are now, as a society, sitting down more than ever before. We're we're looking at an average of 9.3 hours a day, so a truly sedentary lifestyle for many, many office workers. And what they showed was that sitting for more than three hours a day impacts your energy, your creativity, your productivity. It's a primary cause of back and neck pain, heart failure, diabetes, asthma, a whole range of um, diseases and discomforts. And that exercise does not help in this particular context. You can go for your run or work out in the gym in the morning or uh, lift weights in the afternoon. But the very act of of sitting in an office chair uh, throughout your day creates the kind of atrophy of the musculature, of the metabolism, of the general enlivenment of the person um, that is incredibly deleterious for our health and our, and our life expectancy. They also uh, expected that s- a sedentary lifestyle will shave at least two years off of your life.
0: Mm, that's a sobering thought. Um, mm-hmm. And I suppose also uh, a, a lot of people who spend a lot of time sitting at work also spend a lot of time sitting in their cars or however they get to work and back.
1: Exactly. And they probably
0: spend some time sitting watching TV on the couch or whatever. So um, given uh, the the downside of sitting, I guess the obvious, uh, quick and easy obvious solution might seem to simply stand and rearrange your uh, workstation so that you could work standing up. And I know that in oh in the 19th century for example uh, if you went into a lot of offices uh, people would be standing a good part of the time or they might stand for a while and then sit on a high stool for a while. Often they would have desks that weren't really flat. They kind of uh, cur- They uh, were at an angle, an upward angle and that was a pretty standard way for people to work and I think the not that there weren't chairs then but they weren't as they weren't used as much as they are today would you right. from what you know is that the case
1: absolutely yeah. and not only that the the entire work culture was more <laughs> movement based people would get up to go and speak to a co-worker rather than instant messaging oh them. that's a
0: good point right they would yeah.
1: run down to the mimeograph machine or, or the, in order o- to the make water some
0: cooler coffee. they go Absolutely. to the water cooler stand
1: it, around the water cooler and,
0: and I I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of the the Dangers of sitting are really related to sitting for long periods of time without taking a break. Right?
1: Absolutely. You know. And I think the the so called ergonomic chair has contributed vastly to our to our problems because. In in the ergonomic view, they they want to reduce work, so mm-hmm. they create this little cocoon where you can sit back and have a very minimum of muscular efforting, efforting mm-hmm. and at the same time, you're sort of you're sort of trapped in this chair like a spider in a web. Uh, Little micro movements aren't possible. You tend to slump and collapse Mm -hmm. into your sitting structure, and then you don't want to get up for three hours at a stretch, four hours at a stretch.
0: Right. So they're providing you with with what seems like comfort, but at quite a cost to your to your overall health. So, That's- so, so, someone listening to us and uh, and says to themselves, "Okay, I get it. Maybe I'll read the study." And, and and they think, "Well, I I should just stand up at work." I think for a lot of people, apart from the uh, question of how they're going to rearrange their work environment, which we can get to in a moment, I think that the the thing that a lot of people would wonder: Is that, that's that's a lot of standing during the day? I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do that comfortably. Um, I get I'd get aches and pains from standing that much. Um, what would be your your response to that?
1: Well, what I what I teach my students who are making the transition from their seat to their feet is to choose three sustainable modes of interaction with your work environment. Standing being one of them. Uh, I will usually propose pacing, walking back and forth, looking at your screen, looking out the window, thinking great thoughts as you move. And the third being perching, Mm -hmm. which was a concept that Galen Krantz came up with in her book, The Chair, which I guess is about a decade old now. Mm -hmm. And and we should
0: say just briefly, Galen Krantz is uh, a professor of architecture at UC California Berkeley, and she's also uh, an Alexander technique teacher, and she has thought a lot about sitting. She's written a wonderful book on the subject, and she's published some very interesting Articles with titles like uh, Sitting, uh, Danger to Your Health, and so on. I mean, she's <laughs> exactly. in the forefront of that area. Yeah. So, perching, uh, maybe you could describe perching a little bit.
1: Well, not long ago, Galen Krantz got together with a Windsor chair master craftsman named Peter Galbert, and they created uh, a variation on the normal three legged stool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it it uh, slants forward at the front, so you're sitting in, in what Alexander Technique students would understand to be a position of mechanical advantage, mm-hmm. sort of splitting the difference between weight into the feet and weight into the sit bones mm-hmm. so that you're... Your sitting posture is very lively. You mm-hmm. can rise to your feet at any moment, but you can mm-hmm. also come back into a little bit more of a, a restive state by pouring a little weight into the sit bones. It's, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in one right this moment, and it's unbelievably comfortable. Mm-hmm.
0: And and I have to say, I'm sitting on a, a stool that's a wood, wooden stool. It's roughly one and a half times as high as a typical chair. And I've been doing that for years, and I I find it extremely comfortable. And as you say, it really encourages movement as you sit. I can shift around easily and quickly. I could put my feet on the ground or on the rungs of the chair. I can shift the weight distribution. I can put it very heavily on my feet, or I can shift back so it's mostly on the chair. It really encourages movement as I work now that 's not quite the same as the perching stool, but it get it 's in that direction
1: absolutely and certainly more cost effective than than purchasing a specially designed perch that has been cut to your specifications so right. uh, it's it 's a wonderful interim step yeah
0: this stool oh. the stool that i 'm using costs twenty dollars. I got it from target and it 's incredibly well made mm. heavy wood, very nice attractive and uh, I tell my students my approach to this, I guess, is I tell my students, go out and buy one of these, have it available um, don't don't force yourself to use it, but have it available as you work if you're working at home or in the office if you can do that and uh, you may find that after a few days you don't really want to use the chair anymore. That was Mm -hmm. certainly my experience. So it's kind of an organic thing. It's not forcing the issue, but um, that's the approach I use. Now it sounds like you use, you're a little more proactive with your students, right?
1: Yes. I, I do recommend standing being the, the, default go-to uh, mode of interfacing with your workstation. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I do that is because uh, I have had the experience myself and my husband uh, has been using a, a standing workstation for uh, going on one year now and has experienced such a boost in energy, vitality, creativity, productivity, uh he he notices that he's he's able to have bigger thoughts he's um he's more excited about being at work he's more excited about what he's doing and new projects that he's taken on and and his overall tone has hugely improved and he's dropped a lot of weight as mm-hmm. well mm-hmm. just the act of being on your feet pacing mm-hmm. using the whole self in that enlivened uh awake vital dignified way has made a huge difference in in his waking life
0: so if someone decides this really does sound like a good thing to do and they start standing they start doing some standing and they find that it's kind of uh, it's hard on them to stand for longer periods of time mm-hmm. um how First of all, how might the Alexander Technique be useful uh, for someone making that transition?
1: Well, as we both know as Alexander Technique teachers, understanding how to use the technique to your advantage distributes the work of standing throughout the entire psychophysical system. So understanding how how the head-neck-back relationship contributes to not loading weight into the hips, not loading weight into the knees, into the ankles, being able to organize yourself intelligently so that when you stand, you're doing so in an enlivened, um, ergonomic, efficient way that doesn't promote the kind of fatigue that simply grinning and burying it and getting up onto your feet with no knowledge or education about how to go about it uh, in an informed manner. It makes a huge difference.
0: So it, it I mean, standing well is, is a skill that um, requires, for a lot of people, it's going to require some, some learning to do it well. And the, the Alexander Tech, because basically, if you look at someone standing up, Certainly, if you look at an upright skeleton, um, the first question I think that would come into your mind if you were a visitor from outer space is how does that how does that person manage not to fall down right away <laughs> uh, i mean it's it's it 's kind of a miracle that we can stand at all, and mm. of course small small children once they learn how to stand, generally do it pretty well. But adults uh, tend to have developed these habits that they can stand, but often they're standing by kind of stiffening in their body or holding themselves up Mm -hmm. instead of allowing themselves to be balanced. And of course, as you said, Alexander Technique tends to start with the head, neck, torso upper torso relationship because if your head's not balanced on top of your spine it's gonna be pretty hard for your whole body to be balanced on your feet
1: absolutely and if you have no understanding of of the nature of our design and function as upright creatures Mm -hmm. you aren't going to be able to tap into what we in the technique called good use of the self there, there, are, there are some simple but very powerful concepts that allow you to stand sustainably, balanced, and mm-hmm. without excessive fatigue over time.
0: Right. Now, a lot of people might say, well, I guess what I need to do is, if I'm going to be standing at work, I need to make sure I'm standing up straight. Right. And, um Alexander teachers and people who studied the technique cringe when they hear that I think generally because uh, as as one of Alexander's own students more famous student John Dewey pointed out um if you tell someone to stand up straight they're certainly going to make a change but all they're going to do is, as he put it, stand up differently or a different kind of badly, as mm-hmm. he put it, or as my my uh, primary Alexander teacher, Marge Barstow, would say, "Well, you're just rearranging your tensions and um, so standing up straight is not really a solution uh, i I guess a solution is learning how to stand stand intelligently, which of course I would say is what the Alexander technique uh, can help you with. So I get—I guess the bottom line is, if you want to start standing at work, um, and you, and you're experiencing any discomfort doing so, or it's it's hard to do for any length of time, uh, an Alexander teacher could be a great help to you, and you may not even need that many lessons just to be able to stand more easily. So would that be your kind of general advice uh, if you're having problems? Find an Alexander teacher.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Find an Alexander teacher. And, and I think from my, from my experience thus far, around 10 lessons will give you the, the basic building blocks to allow you to have a, a, a pretty comfortable and sustainable Working experience. Yeah,
0: I would agree with that. I would, I would find it hard to imagine someone having ten lessons and not have huge changes in the in the way they stand and in the way they sit too, for that matter, and the way mm-hmm. they move. Mm-hmm. Um, what I, I, I think we've covered a lot of um, of what you you're about in terms of standing at work and so on, but just a kind of a a technical detail maybe, um, what, what do you suggest in terms of the rearrangement of the work surface? Because obviously if you're, if you're working at a computer or writing and you're standing, you're going to have to do something about the height of the surface you're working on. What's, what sort of solutions do you uh, uh, suggest to your students?
1: Galen Krantz came up with a, with a wonderful term that I love to use, um, which is guerrilla ergonomics. Mm-hmm. So Thus far, none of my students have purchased any of the specially designed stand-to-sit uh, furniture. We have created standing workstations out of file cabinets, out of boxes, mm-hmm. um, out of step stools, Pretty much finding the heights that we need and, um, and arranging the existing desk structure so that the screen is at the proper height, mm-hmm. the keyboard is at the proper height, the mouse is at the proper height. And then um, I like to ask people to try using a shock-absorbing mat under their feet uh, they're sold for use uh, in kitchens, or you'll see them at your grocery checkout, mm-hmm. or a lot of architects will use them. But mm-hmm. they will—they will make it a lot nicer for you to stand throughout the day and absorb a little bit of the of the shock of, uh, of a bright posture. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they, they would, if nothing else, they'd be a, that would be a very nice transitional device, right? Absolutely, and you mentioned architecture. I'm I think that architects uh, often have, uh, I guess, workstations that can be elevated and angled a bit. I don't know whether that's still the way they work with computers these days, but certainly the old-fashioned image of an architect drawing out lines and stuff. So maybe there's a source of uh, of a higher workstation.
1: They mm, make some absolutely beautiful standing desks, and mm-hmm. and if you do a little search on the internet, you can find things, you know, from very very economical to made especially for you and mm-hmm. costs five thousand dollars. Right.
0: You could spend as much money as you want, but oh, yes. probably you don't really have to spend a lot. There are there are uh, 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 workstations that are sold now that can actually be quickly and easily adjustable in terms of height or could even have multiple heights for different things. I mean there are all sorts of there's all sorts of stuff out there and you may at some point want to go that route, but maybe if you're just starting out, do something very simple along the along the lines you described earlier.
1: Right and we have found too that that bosses are usually pretty willing to invest in a standing workstation for their employees mm-hmm. so well, that, I would think especially if
0: out. you uh, um, on, on your site there is a link to that uh, british study right mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I think if you were to print that out and show it to to your employers it 's quite possible. They might say, "Well, go ahead and buy one and, and put it on the, put it on your, you know, put it at the company. He'll pay for it. Who knows?" Yeah. But even if they won't, and you just have to fashion something yourself, it's certainly. Um, I, I mean, I I don't work standing that much, but I certainly work at a much higher on a higher stool, and it has made a g- gigantic difference for me. And I do get up and move around a lot. Um, so, is there anything else that you would like to add before we uh, come to an end?
1: Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I wanted to share. I wanted to share um, a quote from uh, Sigmund Freud oh, yes. about chairs uh-huh. uh, that I came upon recently. Freud referred to modern man as a prosthesis god. Powerful, mechanized, and artificial through the use of painful, ill-fitting prosthetic devices such as the chair. And I wanted to share that because I I firmly believe that our bodies are simply not designed for sitting. Most of our upright history has been spent tending crops, hunting and gathering, squatting, mm-hmm. sitting mm-hmm. on the ground, lying on the ground, and that the degree to which we are sitting now in these chairs which are putting our our spines and our legs at a 90 degree angle which inflicts so much havoc on the breathing mechanism on the organ function on the relationship of the ribs to the pelvis i believe that it's one of the one of the larger cultural mistakes that we have made as a Western civilization and getting out of these seats and onto our feet could make a a huge evolutionary difference in our quality of life as as upright beings
0: well I I could not agree with you more and um so hopefully uh if if you're listening to this you'll you'll want to explore standing uh, or perching or some way to get yourself off of a regular chair. I, I think that, uh, that would be the, the message. Um, my, my guest today uh, is, has been Thea Tupelo, who's uh, an Alexander Technique teacher in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, I'll put a link to her website um, by the interview. If you live in the Charlottesville area and, and what we've been talking about intrigues you, de- uh, definitely contact her. Also on her site is a link to that British uh, Medical Journal study, which you might want to print out and share with people. Uh, if you will also put a link to a site where you can locate uh, an Alexander Technique teacher anywhere in the world. Um, Thea, thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: It was a pleasure speaking with you, Robert.